You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome to America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Be it life, business, sports, or any other facet of your life that you want to improve, Jim can help you become your best, most authentic self. Now, here is your host, the coach of champions, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. You are at America's Most Positive Podcast. And this episode, this week, asks the question, do you stand out in a crowd? Now, I'm not talking just literally in every crowd of people. Do you stand out at work with all your coworkers? Do you stand out on your team in sports? Do you stand out when you go out in public? Do you stand out when you go to a play or a movie or any place in public? Do you stand out in a crowd? Now, we know someone seven feet tall. Okay, he or she's going to stand out. And we know the real beautiful people. You know who you are. You stand out because you look so awesome. And sometimes... We might think that standing out in the crowd is having on uh, the best suit or Gucci shoes or drive up in a Mercedes 500 S. Okay, that'll get someone's attention. But do you stand out in a crowd? Because it's not about your clothes. You got to back all of that up at some point. Do you stand out in a crowd? And of course, The great question to that is, how do I do that? How do I stand out? And how do I make myself relevant? I've learned that champions in sports, champions in business, champions in life, they're not normal. They don't act normal. They don't think normal. They embrace the quote, if you have abnormal dreams which they do, you must think and act in an abnormal way. If you have abnormal dreams, world's number one, you must think and act in an abnormal way. You can't think like everybody else or you'll be like everyone else and get the results like everyone else. Now, I'm going to go through a whole bunch of traits that champions possess, but most people... Traits that they don't do. It's what most people refuse to do. And even some cases, there are traits that some people just can't do because they don't have the commitment. They don't have the drive. They don't have the talent. Maybe they don't have the knowledge. What are these traits that cause the champion to stand out? First of all, let's walk through a few basics. You have approximately two to 3,000 thoughts Every single day, you wake up in the morning, the thoughtometer starts to click. You have a thought about work. You have a thought about what you're going to do after work. You have future thoughts. You have past tense thoughts. You're locked into the moment. You have positive thoughts. You have negative thoughts. Every one of those thoughts are little packets of energy, kinetic energy, and You can see it. Every thought that you have is being broadcast physically. 
You can see it. You walk into a room with your head down and a look on your face of fear or panic, especially if it's a a place where you believe everybody in there maybe has more money than you or has more power than you, has more success than you. We've been in those situations. We've been under those conditions. But every thought you have does have a physical reaction. You can see when someone's winning and their chin is up. And even though they're six foot one, they have the appearance of being six four, six five. There is a physical energy that everyone can see when you walk into a room, but it depends on what you think. How do you walk into a room? And if you're five four, do you walk in with your chin up and walk in big? Not arrogant, not cocky, just big. You got to look big, act big. You walk in. Now, every thought also simultaneously to the physical reaction to your thoughts has an emotional reaction. And if you just got off a phone call with some negative news, or you just got into a little little fight, a little tiff with uh, your significant other before you walked into the room, and you're holding that negative, maybe you've replayed it, going up the steps, opening the door, and going into the room, you may be able to fake it physically. Hey, how you doing? Chin up. But there still is a vibe emotionally. And most of us wear our emotions on our sleeves, and everybody can see it. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Really? Why? You're confused. Why would they ask you that question? You got a smile on your face. You walked in... 6'1", you're only 5'8", you walk in uh, with an erect posture, your head was over your sternum, but that negative you've been carrying around that just happened, or maybe you've been carrying it longer than it just happened. People can pick up the emotional reaction to your thoughts. Can you mask the emotional reaction? It's possible. Most of us don't. Most of us won't be able to do that. An emergency worker, they can mask it. EMT, they can mask it. My daughter in a trauma center, she can mask her thoughts and just roll up her sleeves and get busy helping to save someone's life. Now, that's a different person, a unique person. They can mask their emotions. No one likes to see trauma or see someone hurt. So the doctor, the nurse, well, they're trained to do that. The third reaction to every one of your thoughts, you're not going to be able to mask it. That's an intuitive vibe. In this vibe, you don't need to be in the room at all. People can pick this up uh, miles away. You can be talking to your mom on the phone. Baby, you okay? Are you all right? Yeah, mom. I'm, yeah, I'm great. Everything's great. How are you doing? What's going on? How's dad? Yeah, but what, what's wrong? Uh, Mom, everything's great. How does she know? Well, that's a vibe that emanated from your mind. I've had some pretty amazing experiences in my life with this type of kinetic energy from real people. And I've told this story, but every time I think about it, every time I tell it, it really takes me back to uh, uh, 
something that I witnessed pretty amazing. I'm in Calcutta. It's hot. It's over 100. I'm there with a nonprofit foundation, a charity. I volunteered my time. And here I am in India, in Calcutta, and I'm in an infirmary, and I'm visiting uh, some children, sick, some dying. It wasn't a pleasant place to be. I could hear the babies crying. There were people talking. There were a lot of nurses scurrying around doing things. It was a beehive of activity for sure, but it was squalor. It had a stench about it that I can still conjure up in my nostrils and in my mind. You could just smell death and poverty, and it wasn't pleasant. But I was glad to be there. I was there to help. I was definitely on a mission with an amazing organization. But all of a sudden, the room changed. I mean, it completely changed. The babies quit crying. They stopped. The people stopped. Well, they were still moving around, but the silence was amazing. It was kind of like a silence right before a tornado or a hurricane. You knew something was going to happen. The door opens and Mother Teresa walks into the room, confident. On purpose, she moves straight to the children. There were lots of people who would love to make eye contact and see her. She went to the kids. That's why she was there. She was on a mission of healing, of comfort, of help, of kindness. You could feel it. She put her hands on every child. They whimpered with contentment just for a brief hand from Mother Teresa on their forehead. And and she's working the room. After seeing the babies, she starts to go to other people in the room. She's blessing them. I was kind of excited because I've never met Mother Teresa, and this this was a chance for me to, to meet a saint. And she worked around to me. She looked me into the eye, into the depth of my soul, but she had a kindness about her. And that kindness came over me like a blanket, and I wanted to whimper, and I cried And she blessed me. I'm not Catholic. And I've told this story before. But how did she do that? How did she change the room before she entered the room? She stood out in a crowd. Dirty smock, short, not tall, not a physical presence at all. But mentally and spiritually, Her presence engulfed every corner of the room. That was powerful. She stood out in a crowd of people. I've seen this so many times in my life, and so have you. I'm coaching several players on the Chicago White Sox. It's spring training. Years ago, Michael Jordan had taken a hiatus from the NBA, from basketball professionally, and he made up his mind... I'm going to be a baseball player. I am a baseball player. And there he was. There he was in spring training, Michael Jordan, doing his best to hit a fastball and a slider and playing in the outfield. And this one day, I was waiting on the great Frank Thomas, who I was personally coaching, and I'm just sitting, waiting on him to uh, come in so that we could meet. 
I'm between clients, talking to them, and now I'm just in an observation role, and there's people playing cards, and there's people playing ping pong at a ping pong table. Uh, there's a eclectic uh, uh, sounds of uh, music from country music to rap music uh, to rock. Very noisy, very noisy. A lot of action going on, and then all of a sudden, as if the, some dial, some imaginary dial that could dial down the sound of the room, the room got quiet. Everything stopped. And I looked around, and it was like, wow, what what just happened? What happened? The room changed. The energy in the room changed. And then the door opens, and Michael Jordan walks into the room. He has on a big grin, and the energy flowed. And as he walked around the room, uh, went over to his locker, the noise of the room went back to where it was. He changed the room, energy-wise, just before he walked into the room. I saw Bjorn Borg do this. I saw Jack Nicholas do this. I was blessed to go see a boxing practice, if you will, in a gym. And I got to go see Muhammad Ali, former Cassius Clay, from my home state, Kentucky, Louisville. And we're all waiting uh, to see him work out, go through all the drills and see the hand speed, working the speed bag, working the big bag, uh, and, and just going through a regular workout routine for him. Uh, I'd never seen it, and I couldn't wait to see how he worked out, how he trained. And so people are sitting around waiting. He had not entered. No entourage. There were boxers, multiple rings. And um, and all of a sudden, the room went quiet. The door opened. And larger than life, Muhammad Ali walks into the gym and all eyes went to him. He stood out in a crowd. He was larger than life. Politicians have done this. Captains of industry have done this. I saw Tiger Woods do this in his absolute prime in 2000. Change a room, energy-wise. Every thought you have has three reactions. Physical, emotional, and intuitive. There is a broadcasting system inside our brains that sends this energy. And when we have thoughts, our brains vibrate. They're subtle. We can't feel the vibration. But that's what good vibes or negative vibes are all about. It's about those thoughts. Thoughts are vibes. Thoughts are kinetic energy. And thoughts can be received and they definitely can be broadcast. And I've witnessed it for decades. Do you stand out in a crowd? Can you turn a crowd silent? Can you walk into the room and have everybody turn their head? We go to a wedding, the big moment, the big reveal, the bride-to-be, getting ready to walk down the aisle. You can feel her energy. And one of the one of the characteristics of being able to broadcast like this is that the bride has intentions of getting married 
to the love of her life. One plus one equals three. And she has spent the entire day and maybe even a great part of her life to this day, to this moment, her wedding day. And everyone that's seen a bride, no matter whether the bride's beautiful or, okay, maybe not so beautiful, on the day of her wedding, they're all beautiful. And they radiate and they glow. And you can feel it every time you've gone to a wedding. Do you stand out in a crowd? Why not you? How do you do that? How do you change a room in a sales presentation? How do you stand out in a room of your peers at work? How do you stand out on a baseball team, basketball team, volleyball team? How do you stand out in the crowd? What makes you relevant? And I'm telling you, it's your thoughts. It's your energy. Champions win first in their mind. Then they walk into the arena And when you win first in your mind, you walk into the arena just being your genuine, authentic best self. You're not trying to change the room. You're not trying to influence anyone. You're definitely not trying to manipulate the opposition to cause them to lose. But by being yourself without any expectations, but knowing who you are, knowing your purpose, where you want to go, and how you want to get there, when you walk into the room with those traits up under your arm, people are going to turn their head. They're definitely going to notice. How do you get to that point? That's something you may or may not be able to just snap your fingers and go, all right, I'm going to the room. I'm going to change the room. How do we do that? And how do we do that naturally? First of all, the champion thrives on stress. The big moment, that big room that you're walking into, oh, it's stressful because things could go not your way. Champions could put that purposeful, calm, zone mindset on like an overcoat, especially in the most stressful situations. They take calculated risks with their talents. No risk, no reward. They get this. They get this concept. They push themselves to a place most people can't go because, I don't know, they just don't have the talent. Or they refuse to go there because of fear, fear of losing, fear of winning. So this self-created good stress that the champion embraces, eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, that's what drives them to greatness. A champion's vision of what they want wakes them up in the morning, puts them to bed at night. They will jump across an abyss of potential failure just to reach their dreams. They love it. They thrive on it. And when reality doesn't meet their expectations, the successful never wavers from their vision and goals. Next, that's their battle cry. What about the people I've talked about What do they do? Well, Mother Teresa, um, we did talk. I did ask the people that brought me to Calcutta who knew her well, knew she was coming to the infirmary. They just said she has good intentions. She has one mission, to help the poor, the underprivileged, the afflicted. That's it. One mission. And you could feel the energy. 
It was very focused. It was influencing. It was not manipulation. It was influencing. And I also know that the champions, they put in hard work. They train their craft. That's what gives them confidence. It sounds simple. How many talented athletes and entrepreneurs didn't relentlessly hone the basics? Well, we've seen uh, obvious great talent fail many times in our lives on television, in person. When training for a board meeting, a sales presentation, an MMA bout, or a bowling tournament, or maybe you're preparing for an SAT exam this weekend, the champion's fully immersed in the detail. They're fastidious in their efforts, and they give maximum mental and physical effort. And they have repetition, repetition, repetition. And, of course, small successes built more confidence, more optimism. And that's something that changes the room. Your confidence, your optimism of just being you, and that's good enough. Not trying to put on airs, not trying to act like somebody else. Just being your genuine, authentic best self. That's easier said than done. But hard work, that'll do it. Do you have a small business? Are you a business owner? Well, if you are, you're going to need businesslicenses.com. This is one of my trusted sponsors. They're going to help you simplify the complex world of governmental business license compliance. They've been doing that since 2004. Where were they in the 70s when I was franchising all over the country? They could have helped me so much. They've helped the Cheesecake Factory to your neighborhood deli and from H&R Block to the local tax preparer. Over a half a million businesses have used businesslicense.com. And if you're a startup, you better use them. You're going to need it. And even if you're a business that's been around, you know that you're going to have to have license requirements City, state, fed, it's time to get a professional to help you cut through the clutter. Because I know you're too busy to handle this yourself. Who isn't? Businesslicense.com. It's got some better solutions because they will even offer a business license professional if you need the help. You're going to be amazed how simple this is. That's why you get a pro. Go to business licenses.com slash Fannin, B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-L-I-C-E-N-S-E-S dot com. Fannin, that's me, F-A-N-N-I-N. Go there right now and get started. You'll be glad you did. The other thing that gives the champion confidence to walk into a room, walk into the arena, walk out on the gridiron this Sunday, NFL, everybody's watching, millions. They're prepared not just for the first 15 plays. They're prepared to adjust and adapt. And the ability to be prepared to adjust and adapt, that gives you confidence to walk into the room. I remember my my friend Gail Sayers, the great NFL Hall of Fame running back, when he told me I was always prepared for each play to break down. I thought, but weren't you an optimist? Absolutely an optimist. But expectations don't always meet reality. And if the play breaks down, 
I knew I could adjust. That's when I did my thing, he said. The best performers adjust. They adapt to the ever-changing situation, condition, or circumstance. And they can swiftly morph into the risk-taking aggressor, or they can morph into the conservative defender. They can and do change their behavior at will, armed with pre-ready strategies and tactics. Champions always stay at least one move ahead of everybody else. The other thing I've noticed from people that can change a room, they're great students. Great students. Alex Rodriguez, I coached Alex 14 years. He was a great student. He asked me a million questions over and over, wanting to know the detail. He evaluated, he analyzed, he learned. And with little or no emotion, he would carve out time to systematically review every one of his performances. And he learned to treat winning and losing the same. The peak performer examines the beginning, the middle, and the end of every performance. And once this is completed, they now know what they need to do to be successful. They're not disappointed by what happened. They're students to learn what happened and do something about it. And some of this newfound knowledge that was acquired, I mean, Alex would immediately incorporate it while other bits of information, he just stored it for the next identical circumstance, situation, or condition. J.D. Martinez is a great student. He was a great student of the score system. He's a great student of the art of hitting. Grant Hill, who I coached, wow, what a great student. This guy was already an all-star, very accomplished NBA player, definitely had some traumatic injuries, but what a student of the game. I coached uh, an Italian player, Adriano Panada, and, and Panada uh, was as high as three in the world, won the French Open. He was a great student. He asked me a million questions. Why? How? When? I remember traveling the world with him, and the opposition started to exploit his backhand. He couldn't roll over it, didn't hit big top spin with it, so he sliced it. Everybody knew it, and they'd get on top of the net. He couldn't hit a topspin lob over their head. He would hit a slice lob over the head, but they could easily run that down, especially on slow red clay in Europe. So we worked on a topspin backhand. We worked on it over 60 days, relentless. And I remember in a match against Jimmy Connors, now, there was a famous match at the U.S. Open with Jimmy Connors in the semis, but this was a, a match not in a tournament that big. But as Connors came to the net, he unleashed a topspin backhand to win the match. And, you know, when he was in his glory, in his zone state, no matter where we went, we'd go out to dinner, everyone would turn and look. They weren't looking at me. They were looking at him. And he walked in as one of the best players in the world. The other thing I, I realized that people that can change a room, they never go to work. 
they don't they don't feel that they have a job. They relish putting in the extra time and effort because they truly love every aspect of the craft. You go into a room and for work, for example, but you know, you're not having a good time at work and you don't put in the extra time and effort and you don't really love it there. You got your resume out looking for another job. You walk into a room with that mindset, even though you haven't said a word, even though you haven't said a word, people can feel the lack of passion. I mean, I, I've coached champions that literally push themselves to throwing up and they smiled while they were throwing up. Why are you smiling? I can't wait to make the opposition pay for how bad I feel. How'd you like to compete against that guy? Champions are passionate in preparing, adjusting, and evaluating all they do. And champions come in all sizes, all shapes, from an 11-year-old tennis player to a 65-year-old female entrepreneur. There's no rules for what a champion can be and what a champion can do, but there are some common denominators. Let's talk about a few guidelines. Before you walk into a room, clear your mind. You're going into a cocktail party. You're going into a reception. You're going into a presentation. You're going into a meeting. You're going into a game. Clear your mind. That way, at that moment before you walk in, you're walking in your genuine, authentic best self. Training's over. No, it's game time. Practice is over. It's now real. Carry yourself in a tall posture, head placed high over your sternum. Act as if you're 6'8 and you're only 6'1. Walk in with an assured gait, like you're going somewhere specific. But walk in extreme positive. You don't need to talk, speak less, listen. But as soon as you get in the room, send your energy to all four corners of the room. Observe. Send the energy away from you. You're not here to judge. You're not here to evaluate. You're just going to send your energy. Your thoughts are positive. Worry, doubt, assumption, thinking. Come on, leave that somewhere outside the building. And if you shake someone's hand... Look them in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Confident. And when you say your name, add silence between first and last name. My name is Jim Fannin. When you say your name with silence in between first and last name, the retention of your name increases 30-40%. Pretty cool. Repeat the other person's name out loud after she introduces herself. And every recipient of your handshake should feel your vibrant, positive energy. And if no one remembers your name, you gave them no reason. Make eye contact. Use all your senses, sight, sound, all your senses. If you pick up an intuitive vibe that seems negative, smile at it. Put your chin up to it. Because that can happen. Energy can be sent and it can be received. We picked up bad vibes. We've had people look at us. You saw them look at your shoes, look at your hair. They give you the old up and down. You saw it. 
It's easy to judge that person. Smile. You are who you are. I'm here is your message. I'm here. And you turn the expressionless or the negative-looking body language of the people you meet, turn them into smiling faces, turn them into positive body language. And you can do that by being positive and, of course, smiling. To change a negative person into a positive life force, you need to see them so. And that's visualization. If they have a history of being moody and sullen, change them with your positive manner and thoughts. See them as happy and enthusiastic. And be animated. Smile. Get everyone to smile back. Silence is the key. Observe. So you don't want to say much. And obviously, before you go into the room, you need to say, am I disciplined? What's the point of going into the room? What do I want? What's the takeaway? Am I focused? Am I here now? Am I present, ready to engage? And am I confident just being me? I remember a birthday party because my mother brought it up uh, ad nauseum a zillion times after. I'm like five or six. I go to a birthday party. I, I have a present. I'm going to meet Lorraine. We just moved into Moorhead, Kentucky, and I was invited. It was only two doors away, and I had the present, and I, I looked nice, I guess. My mom, you know, made sure I looked good. And I went to see Lorraine, give her my gift, and there were other people. I didn't know anybody. I just moved to town a few days earlier, but my mom had met her mom, and so I got the invite. I had met Lorraine once. And now I'm at her birthday party. Everybody's having fun, and I don't say anything. I don't feel good. I didn't even want to be there. I wanted to leave. I felt like people were talking about me or saying things about me behind my back. And people are looking about, who's that guy? Who's that? So the party's over. I walked home, and my mom said, so how was the party? Now, she already knew because Lorraine's mother called and told my mom how I acted and reacted. Kind of sullen and low confidence, head down, not talking, standing in a corner. And so my mom asked me, I said, oh, it's good. Did you have a good time? Yeah. You know, with a high-pitched voice, which really said, not so much. And my mom said, you know, you didn't know anybody in there. Do you know that Most of the people in there didn't know what to say to you. They didn't have any confidence. And I'm looking at my mom like, how do you know that? And is that really true? And she said, yes, you got to introduce yourself so that they don't feel bad. Because you felt bad when people did that to you. You don't want to do that to them. You got to make everybody positive. Oh, okay. She gave me permission to be myself without wanting anything in return. Champions walk into the room and everybody turns their head. Why not you? Being in the zone, that purposeful calm where you have the least amount of thoughts, probably 30, 40% less than you do right now to listen to this podcast. But when you're in that mindset, it is broadcasting, and it is powerful. It is influential. 
influential. I know some people can get into the zone state and they're looking to manipulate the audience, manipulate the crowd. You know, Jordan, when he walked into the locker room in spring training, he was just being himself and influencing everybody, and everybody was laughing and had a good time. But when he went out on the field, he flipped the switch. He's now there to influence his team members, especially on the basketball court, but he was there to manipulate and destroy the competition. Be in the zone, everybody. It's definitely the only place to be. There are five characteristics that attract the zone, and that's the zone cafe. So drive up right now. Let's see what the missing link is for you. And I would do this little score check before you walk into a room. And then once you see the low marker, there's five of them, just the awareness will help you, and you'll be better prepared to walk in your genuine, authentic best self. So we're cooking up five things. You can only order one right now. You can get some self-discipline. That means you have goals and visions, and you have intention that's positive, and you have purpose. How's your self-discipline? Organized, prepared, prepared to adjust, prepared to evaluate, regardless of the outcome. Do you need some discipline? Some self-discipline? Think about the first letter in the word score, S. Do you need some S? Do you need some discipline? If you do, we'll put it in the car and you can drive away. You can come back at another time. But right now, if you need discipline, think about it. But maybe you need to focus better. Maybe you're more concerned about what to say, what not to say. Or, oh my gosh, what if people don't like me? Or maybe I'm underdressed, maybe I'm overdressed. Whatever it is, if it's like that, it's negative. It's not going to help that second marker that you need to attract the zone, and that's concentration. And that's focusing. And that's getting your energy away from you, not thinking about yourself, not thinking about your past. That means being present. That's how you walk into the room. Do you need some concentration? Do you need to look people in the eye long enough to discern eye color? Do you need to change the room with this type of focused, laser-like energy? Okay, we got a lot of concentration. If you need that, come on, we'll fill the trunk up of concentration so you can drive away with this score chain intact. But maybe you need some confidence. And we're going to reflect that with the centerpiece of score, my score system, the thought management system that I've been honing for decades. That's optimism. That's the belief in expectancy and a sense of knowing that everything's going to be all right, that what you got's enough. That's how you walk into a room. What I got's enough. I'm here. I'm ready. And if I need to adjust, I adjust. If I need to adapt, I'm going to adapt. Let's do this thing. Do you need optimism? Chin up. Looking people in the eye, that's focus, but come on, that also takes courage, especially if it's your boss or especially if you go into a room and you're meeting the keynote iconic speaker after his speech. Whoa, will you look that person in the eye? Will you be 6'8 in front of that energy source? But maybe, maybe you need to relax. Maybe you need to breathe. 
We've all walked into the room where we weren't breathing normally and we weren't in a zone breathing, which is six to eight breaths a minute. That's not a lot, but it's real long inhale, real long exhale. Do you need to chill? Do you need to relax and be cool when you walk into the room? No sunglasses, just cool. And and someone that is relaxed is not thinking about what might happen to go wrong. And, of course, that's where fear lies. Oh, my gosh, this could go bad. What if this happens? Oh, what if Joni shows up? Oh, my God, I hate her. I hope she doesn't show up. And that impacts your anxiety and your worry. I guess you'd had a fight with Joni a couple of days earlier. You definitely didn't want to meet her in this situation. Is that how you go into that room, thinking negatively like that? The champion's not going there. But maybe instead of relaxation, maybe you need some enjoyment, some passion. Walk in with that big old grin. How you doing? What's up? How are you? And you give energy freely. S-C-O-R-E. Everybody in the world has a score level. In every room you walk into, you're walking into a room of score levels. And I promise you, every person you meet, for the most part, probably has a weak link. And if you're sending energy, you'll be able to read their score level. And if they need some optimism, maybe you give them a compliment. And if they need to relax, maybe you lower your voice and act relaxed and talk relaxed. And if they need some passion, then give them some passion. That's influencing in a positive way. This episode, this week, has a homework assignment. Do you stand out in a crowd? Well, let's find out. Tomorrow, the next day, the next time you go to a place where there's 5, 10, 20,000 people, walk in like you own the joint. Walk in in a high score level. Do a little score check before you go in. Clear your mind and then change your posture and walk in confident. Do you stand out in a crowd? You will. Be in the zone. It is the only place to be. And listen, if you have any questions, any concerns, want me to talk about any subject, shoot me an email. Ask Jim, A-S-K-J-I-M, at jimfannon.com. Until next week, be in the zone. This has been America's Most Positive Podcast, The Jim Fannin Show. Get more of Jim's knowledge, experience, and tips, as well as what's coming up on the show now at jimfannon.com. And make sure to follow Jim on Twitter, at Jim Fannin. This has been The Jim Fannin Show on Radio Influence. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy. 
Radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans. Experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry. Pro wrestling personality David Penzer. MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. And strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 